Eighth Level Podcast is about being self-employed, entrepreneurship, and managing our online business. It's also about connecting to our souls, having the right mindset, and self-care. My name is Lourdes, and I am the host of this show. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Today, I am joined by Aaron Sully. He is a best-selling author, mental wellness coach, and a founder of the Engage Coaching Group. He's located in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. At 37 years old, he found himself overwhelmed in a deep depression and going through marriage breakdown. His world was falling apart all around him. He came to the realization that he needed to stop asking himself, why is this happening to me? And start asking, what is this for? Today, he specializes in helping men over 30 who are experiencing an unfulfilling career, addiction challenges, and marriage breakdown. And Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So tell me, uh, what exactly do you do with coaching the guys that are 30 and over? You know, I have I have these men that, that uh, seem to be drawn to me and coming to me and they, some of them are going through career challenges. So they, you know, they've been in their career for 10 plus years and, you know, they, they earn a good living, but they're just, they're not fulfilled. They're not, they feel like there's something bigger for them to do, or uh, they want to have this desire to help other people. So they're, they're trying to kind of steer their career in the right direction that, that's more aligned to their values and, and what they're passionate about. And then I've had other men come to me that are, um, they're, they're dealing with addiction challenges. You know, they're using addiction as a way to avoid what's what's really going on and the, and the struggle they're facing. And so I've been able to work them through their challenges and, and kind of get to the the heart of what's what's actually going on and and uh, and be able to focus on that and work through that versus using something like alcohol to uh, to mask it. So they're not like drug or alcohol. They're not. Yeah, like one of my clients is a. Uh, you know, recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. and uh, he's now been two years clean after uh, working together with him. So, do, do they also go to AA meetings, or is it something that you actually yeah, help? Yeah, I encourage them to to access other resources to help them. So, AA definitely is uh, is an avenue. Uh, and then, you know, my client that I was helping, you know, found that it was helping him with some aspects of it, but uh, but there's other things that that he recognized he needed support with. And uh, he wasn't getting it there. So I was able to kind of help help combine, you know, he's getting the support there and then also be able to to focus on uh, the things that he wanted to, to put his energy into. I am so glad that I found you um, and you coach men. I don't find too many coaches that are specific for men. So when you mentioned um, that you also help men with their career changes and struggles with their careers, and they've been doing it for about 10 years. Tell me, did they start because it was something that, that was forced upon them because their parents made them go to school for it? Why would somebody hate their or want to make that challenge of a career change? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it, it, there's a number of factors, but one of them is, is, you know, their parents kind of put them down this path and encourage them to go a certain way, a certain profession um that was secure you know that was going to get them good make them a good income and you know good pension good benefits and and so they went down that path did the schooling and and then you know once they they finished all that and got into the actual career and what the career involved the actual day-to-day 
aspects of it, uh, they um, they realized that it, it really wasn't it wasn't really fulfilling their passion, right? They uh, you know there's there's things that they wanted to make a difference, that they dreamed about doing, and and a lot of the guys they help are in, inside themselves or they're, they're helpers, like they really want to make a difference. And when they're in a corporate world, some of them realize that or they come to the realization that they're they're not they only have so much control of what they what they can do within the corporate kind of umbrella, and and they're recognizing that okay maybe I didn't look at the the values of the organization the you know really look at what what's really going on by the leadership teams and assessing are they actually in alignment with who I am. Uh, and it was more about this is a job. I got to get good income. I got to, you know, a lot of them have families. They got to, you know, they, they got to support their family. But they're recognizing that okay, it's this something's. I, I don't want to keep doing this for another ten years. Something's not right here. How can I, either shift within the organization I'm in or look at other avenues outside of it? Whether it's started. Some of them want to start a business. Some of them just want to be with a, a company that's more in alignment with who they are. Um. So some of them that have families and probably have a spouse. Um, did they talk to their spouse about this or is this something so deep felt within them that they confide in you? Well, what's interesting is, is one of my clients was actually referred to me by a spouse. Uh, <laughs> cool. yeah, I, I presented at, uh, at a, a real estate office, had a, a, a sales meeting and I um, was asked to come in and just speak about mental wellness. And, uh, and then one of the, um, the realtors came up to me and said, you know what, uh, I think my husband could use your help uh, with his communication and his career and that it's just, he's, he's running into challenges. And so uh, sometimes it's actually the spouses that, uh, that end up referring their partners to me. Uh, mm. And then other times, other times they're at the point because of their, the age that they're at, like, that's why I, I tend to find that helping men over 30, they're, they're at that stage where they're ready to, to, to get help. Right. Cause uh, you know, stereotypically that, you know, there's a lot of people that say that men aren't, aren't ones to ask for help. And there's, there's some truth to that. Um, but I also think that there's just uh, a lot of the, the men that I help and even my own journey, I, I kind of felt like I have to do this on my own. And I didn't know that help was an option. And, uh, and then I recognized as I got older myself that, you know, there was moments where I, when I asked for help, it actually was hugely beneficial to me. So I'm like, okay, there's gotta be other men out there that are at a point where they recognize, okay, now, uh, you know, now's the time, whether it's, you know, whether it's that that um, that point within their career that they're having a challenge. For me, it was actually going through a divorce. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this on my own. I need to I need to get some additional support to get through this. I was going to ask you what your challenges were earlier um, when you mentioned that some men have no courage or don't want to get support. But you said for you, it was divorce. Were there other things that made you um, figure out when you needed help and how do men, do they reach the end of their rope to finally reach out and ask for help? I think everyone's, everyone's a bit different. Um, like I always found that I, I was actually, I was more or less okay for help, but there were some elements that I wasn't. So my own personal growth, I, like I read a lot of, a lot of personal growth books, um, starting in university, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Canfield, uh, Wayne Dyer, all, you know, all the Hay House mm-hmm. authors. And, uh, but I, I, uh, I wouldn't go past that, right? You know, where there was the opportunity to go to a workshop and that actually instilled a lot of anxiety in me to, mm-hmm. to get into it with a group of people and actually share what was really going on. So 
uh, it took me a, a while to, you know, I journaled a lot and I do the exercises in the books I'd read over time. And I just start to test things a bit. And then there'd be short, there'd be little windows where I would actually kind of test it out maybe in my workplace or with some friends or family. We come to a point where I'm like, okay, I need to, I, I just, I just got to take this, this step uh, and into that uncomfortable, you know, zone outside my, my comfort zone, because like public speaking is a great example of that. I, I avoided public speaking like all through university when I was selecting courses, I was, um, I was, I was just analyzing the courses based on the participation levels. It was if it was, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh like if it was over, if it was over 10% or there was like a, a presentation required, oh. I would like, okay, I'm not going to do that course. And I took business. So by third and fourth year, I was running into some challenges because oh. I had to take, and I took HR, which, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's the train, there's training, there's negotiating with um, conflict resolution with unions and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's people. So you have to be able to communicate. So I, uh, you know, I unwillingly did presentations in university and I just had this, this, this anxiety in me mm-hmm. of, um, you know, presentation anxiety and just, you know, people are going to see me making a mistake. And, and then, you know, fast forward out of university back, you know, it was about probably seven years later, I find myself working for a professional speaker. <laughs> so, and all along the way, I'm like, okay, I got to go to Toastmasters. Uh, and I'd look up Toastmaster meetings, and then I'd find a reason not to go. Like, I just find, okay, it doesn't work with my schedule. Uh, you know, I have other other things going on. But then I find myself working for a prof- professional speaker. And he's like, you know, you should go to Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, and, wow. and then she said, I'm going to take you to a meeting and you don't have to do anything. Like, and that's what, I, that's what my, my main worry was. I'm going to go to this meeting and I'm going to have to get up and present right away. And he's like, you don't have to, as a guest, you can sit at the back of the room and just observe mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to get up in front of the room. And I, so I went to this meeting with him and I just planned to just sit in the back of the room. And then they have, I don't know if you've been to a Toastmasters meeting before. Oh, I'm a member. The, I am a member. <laughs> You're a member, yeah. So you yeah. have the the, uh, the table topics where you have two yes. minutes to go up and talk. So they um they encouraged me to uh, to just go up, and it was a very safe environment. That's once once I, once I got into the room, like the people were just having fun. They were I, I watched how they were giving feedback to everybody, and it was so safe. And they said, "Hey, Aaron, do you want to come up and just try this? You don't even have to do it for the full two minutes. Just give it a shot." And so I went up, and I did it, and I don't remember what I said. Uh, it was about, I think, planting pots at home, like gardening at home or something. And, but I, I did it and I'm like, okay, that just gave me the courage. Okay. I can do this. And then I, I actually invested a year in Toastmasters after that. And I did all the, the, um, pathways. You know, the, the initial, the, the pathways and the, I did I actually did some of the competitions oh my and, uh, and then I, I spoke at one of the conferences. So it just took that extra little it was more like I found it was more just trust in, you know, the people I was with. It, it was it was an element of it. it was just making sure I wasn't going to be, uh, you know, ostracized or or judged for not making it. Uh, you know, being able to do it right. And it was such a safe environment that that really helped me. And so I've used that along the way to just remember that when I when I've run into my own struggles and I use it with my clients is just getting to take a little baby step that's safe for them so that they can see what it's like and then decide right? Okay. Is this, is is okay to try this baby step? And in most cases it is. Uh, And then they can, then they can work on that and go to the next one. So Toastmasters is a group setting. And 
I also just joined actually about six months ago for the oh, first nice. time. Yeah. <laughs> I've only done two speeches. I didn't get into that competition part and I'm just debating, but I am learning is how to structure a speech, you know? Um, so I went up there a couple of times and the nice thing is when I joined Toastmasters, I joined from Zoom. So I did participate in the table topics, which like you said, it's only two minutes and they surprise you with a quick question and you you have to come up with a quick answer and answer it in a two minute time frame. So that, that got me like, oh, interested. Um, but then when it was time for me to join, I joined. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do my icebreaker speech. Remember that one? Mm-hmm, <laughs> icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided, um, and I had a mentor, and she said when she did her first speech, you know, it wasn't on Zoom at first, because, you know, before this was before COVID days. Yeah, right. So they attended in person, and she told me she did hers in person, and she was nervous as heck. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go in person, because now we have hybrid meetings, right? You can attend online, nice. or you can attend in person. So every time I have my speech, I always attend in person, because I believe there's a different dynamics than hiding behind a camera and doing your speech, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're taught these guys to do baby steps. Um, are you doing this in a group setting or like, in a, you know, Toastmasters, we have group set- settings and you feel safe. And the guys that you are helping, are you doing them in a group setting or in a one-on-one setting or how do you work on this? You know, before COVID, we, uh, a colleague and I had actually uh, a men's group that we were running and uh, and we were able to do that for a short period of time. But since COVID, I've just gone back to, to one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I've actually found that that I, I do love the group settings, uh, but I do find that for me, uh, working one on one with the client, I just find that I can get, I, I can help them. Um, it just it just seems to work better uh, at this point, just one on one. But I do want to go back, uh, you know, to because I, I have seen my own benefits of being in a group setting. Because then, in that group setting, when other uh, participants are able to hear from other people and connect with other people, I find that there's an, an, an extra element of growth that can happen. So, um, but at this point, I, I've been, just been to help people one-on-one and then through my online course. I can't imagine doing group setting. My God, I'm like you, I have anxiety in group settings and we all do personal development. I believe most people I know do. Yeah. Um, but when we work on ourselves and then we need help, Oh my gosh, Aaron, there's no way I can be in a group setting. And I, I, I don't mind being there if I have a bag over my head and nobody sees me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a scary thing, isn't it? It can be for people. Yeah, it took me a long time to be able to be comfortable with it. And uh, what well, helped you yeah. become comfortable? With it that. did. It just, it, it took that, um, it took that leap of faith of just, uh, oh. and, and the actual, like when I was going through my divorce, Mm-hmm. the the group setting I went into was uh, a workshop that I never thought I would have ever gone into before because mm-hmm. uh, it it's one it's called the awakening so it's uh, uh, and it's the organization where I got my counseling diploma from and but I just did a weekend workshop to start and it's you know you don't have to do anything mm-hmm. they, they tell you that you don't have to participate if you don't feel comfortable you can just sit, be in the circle and you know and just and it's amazing actually when you hear other people speak how it it can bring up emotion it can bring up um healing for for you just by 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 recognizing that someone else has gone through something similar to what you've gone through and that actually gave me the the courage to actually to to participate in in the different opportunities during the uh the weekend uh and and uncover some 
uh, some things about myself that I had I'd never worked on before, and it was probably a a, a, a key indicator why I found myself going through divorce. Mm-hmm. Is that awakening for men only? No, no, it's uh, it's for men and women. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, how did you find them? Were you just doing some research, or did someone tell you about it? Yeah, I found Clearmind. Uh, they're based in Vancouver, BC, and I I had never heard of them before. Yet they've been around for thirty years, 20, 30 mm. years or something. And I just said a Facebook ad came up, and uh, and they did they were doing uh, they, every every month they have an evening uh, lecture that they do, and you can just come out and just hear um, hear a lecture on you know topics related to relationship or uh, you know your own personal growth. And uh, and so I went to one of the, I went to one or two of those, and then I found uh, I found out that they they train counselors. So I found a and I was looking for a counselor to help me with my divorce, and I ended up um, finding Satu, who was my counselor for quite a number of years, at one of those events. And uh, and so she supported me one on one, and then and then over time, uh, you know, got the courage to to go to one of their weekend workshops, and then and then after that, decided to take their three year program which you can do as a, to become a counselor or just for your own growth. And it was amazing. Yeah. I just, uh, cause the first year you work on yourself, the second year you, you work on, uh, supporting others. And then the third year you do leadership, uh, and, and you, you lead the, the group advice, those group dynamic settings and those group facilitation settings, you, you lead those, which is, is a, is a skill in its, itself. It's a, yeah. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I looked at your online program and you have the engage, connect and grow. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So it's the online program is based on my, my book by the same title, Engage, Connect, Grow. And, and I broke it up into three sections so that it's all focused on journaling because journaling was a, a tool that really helped me start to self-reflect and and start to gain little bits of confident confidence along the way in myself just doing things on my own and so engage the the section on engage is really about uh, it's really that awakening it's it's starting it's it's a it's deciding to engage in what's really going on and take you know not necessarily take action yet but the action is more around just accepting okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start looking at things differently from a different lens and so part of it is actually looking at experiences from the past to reflect on how they may actually connect to where we're at today. And so I know there's a lot of debate on, you know, uh, counselors focus on the past and coaches focus on the future. And, and I believe that there's, an, there's actually a, there's a, there's benefit of looking at the past and not, you know, it doesn't mean you're spending a lot of time in the past, but there's behaviors that we learned from our parents, from our other peers and role models from the past that are actually indicative of how we're uh, behaving today and if we can relearn those patterns uh, and gain more perspective of it we can actually then connect to who we really want to be which is the second section of the book is around connection of who you know looking at values looking at beliefs looking at the core of who we are and connecting to that so that we can effectively connect to others properly and, and in a way that's genuine and authentic and then the growth section of the book is is around taking action is like okay based on Based on the patterns that I've that I followed that I want to change and who I want to be now, what are some some steps that I can take to move forward? And and what are some communities that I can join? What are some groups that I can be a part of that are more in alignment with who I am versus uh, this mask that I've been wearing all this time that I was trying to be someone that I really am not? Um, 
online, when you, when someone signs up with you for coaching, I noticed that you had some modules. Is that something that someone who signs up with you to get coaching services also go through the modules? Yeah, I have, uh, I have the ability, like I have a six month program. And so people that join the six month program can have access to, to coaching with me and have access to the uh, the online course. It's a self-study course, but having the benefit of working with me as they go through the exercises. Uh, people can just take the course on its on its own and you have access to the all the modules on your own. Uh, if, if people just are at the point where they, they wanna just work self-study. Uh, and then there's a discussion session inside the course where students can uh, interact with each other and myself and ask questions. Um, if that's where they're at, uh, there's options there. And what kind of course is it? So it's an online course. It's 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 based on the chapters of uh, it's basically the the chapters of Engage, Connect, Grow, and okay. I've recorded videos mm-hmm. uh, and I've uploaded the exercises because the every lesson in the in the fifty two lessons has exercises for people to do on their own, uh, and I've actually created it for teams. So if somebody is part of a book club and they want to do it as a group, or if a if a if an organization has a team and they want to actually uh, go through the the growth as a team teams can actually answer questions as a, as a group as well. Okay. When someone joins your online program only, right? And you said like they can just take your course by itself. I noticed that you also had on your copy online that you can get confidence. How would somebody get confidence with getting an online course? Yeah. So what, what I, and this is based on my experience and the, and the men that I've been working with is I've recognized that there's, there's, there's an opportunity to take a step towards being more confident. And so the, the idea behind the course is working on the exercises is a way to help with self-awareness, self-reflection, and to be able to, to gain new perspective, which can help with confidence. You know, if somebody is not fulfilled in their career and maybe they're having trouble using their voice uh, and speaking up there, you know, when, when they're in meetings, uh, you know, other people are, the leaders or the, you know, sometimes the loudest voice in the room tends to navigate where the conversations go. So the idea behind someone taking this course that wants to work on being able to step into the using their voice is they can do the exercises and start to reflect on, okay, so what did I learn about using my voice as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. When I, when I spoke up as a kid, I was actually um, sent to my room or I was um, punished for it for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's what's coming up. So how can I approach this differently? How can I maybe speak to my manager and not talk about the past, but just say, you know what, I, I want to have an opportunity to um, to speak up in a meeting, you know, and, and 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 work with people within their, if they're with a company, like work within the organization saying, these are things I'm working on. After they've done their own work, it enables them to then take steps um, mm. on their own. I'm going to ask you, how do you manage your time um, and de-stress when you're not working with clients? You know, I love going for walks. You know, at my age, I'm going to be 48 this year. I've, you know, I, I love I love playing basketball and uh, I was pretty active when I was younger, but I, my body is just uh, not. Uh, I get I, it. <laughs> I end up injuring, injuring myself. So I love going for yeah. walks, uh, bike rides in my area. I, we live in, a, in a, an area near the the ocean and near parks. And uh, so I love getting out and, uh, and being active, but just being active in nature is, is what I, I really enjoy doing. And, and, and whether it's with myself or with my kids, mm-hmm. is getting out and, and going to parks and, and that. How do people get your book? 
it's available on uh, on my website, engagecoachinggroup.com, or it's actually on Amazon as well. You can search for Engage Connect Grow on Amazon mm-hmm. and uh, and find it there. Yeah. Great. And then are you working on anything right now? Right now, uh, I'm just, I have this desire to just be able to help more and more men uh, with thriving more in their life. And so I have this resource that's uh, that's available on Facebook. Uh, when you go to Engaged Coaching Group on, on the Facebook page, there's the three keys on how to master thriving in your personal, professional, and family life. And I'm just looking to get that resource out to as many uh, as many men that are, uh, you know, looking to thrive more and maybe are struggling with, uh, with how to do that. So you have a Facebook page is what you're saying? Yeah. There's an engaged okay. coaching group, Facebook page. Yeah. They can okay. access that resource there. Great. I'm going to have to ask you for the links. I can put it in the show notes and we're just about at the end of my interview with you. And I thank you so much, but before we go, I ask everybody a weird or funny questions. Okay. So are, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Would you rather be able to talk to land animals, animals that fly, or animals that live under the water, and why? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I love that question. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I would love to talk to animals that fly because I'm just, I've always been fascinated with eagles. Yeah. And, and, we, and we happened to, we, and during COVID, we moved to an area where I live that's uh, a lot of eagles in the area, which I've, you know, whenever I've gone camping, I've loved watching eagles, but we get to even watch them even more. And I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to, to be able to talk to them and hear, hear their story and what, uh, you know, what they're up to in that and uh, what it's like to be able to just fly, take, yeah. just take off and fly so high above everything and what it's like to view the world from that view. It'd be amazing. You're so lucky you get to see more eagles. I have not seen one. I, they no. have no we have to go to certain parts of the river in the winter and it's like too cold for me to go out there oh, and yeah. stand around you know mm-hmm. um yeah um but yeah so that's a cool answer uh so thank you so much can you tell us again where to find you or your website yeah, the website is engagecoachinggroup.com thank you again and uh have a wonderful day thanks so much for having me really appreciate uh-huh. it thanks so much okay. And join me next week when I talk about planning and scheduling your day. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and please share this episode with your friends. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And as always, the show notes will be available at 8thLevelPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.